0: Hey family, welcome to the Kinship Collective Podcast. I'm Mark, and you just jumped into a conversation that ends otherness and cultivates kinship through storytelling, scripture, and invites us to service. We are literally changing the world one story, one reimagined scripture, one act of service at a time, and that's we and not me. We can't do that without you doing it in your circles of influence. We would love to have you join us for Kinship Night with Propaganda on June 10th in the Arts District in downtown L.A. Join us for a conversation about creativity and identity with an artist who's grown through various transitions. This will be a conversation about transformation. When you walk in the room, you will see different kinds of drinks around you will be welcome to grab what you want you'll see some food you'll hear dj asan asan the dj playing some r&b tracks from the 90s early 2000s some of that old hip-hop and some of the new stuff But when you walk in, we're going to have a communal conversation. So we'll model some conversation and curiosity from the stage. But we will invite you to make new friends and to have meaningful conversations with folks to remind us all. We're all experiencing similar things coming from similar places. We want you to experience that kind of community, to be seen, to see others, to be known. And to just have some curiosity together. So join us for that. June 10th, you can register at the link in the show notes. This week, we are joined by Justin McRoberts. Justin is an author, a coach, a speaker, a songwriter. He's the author of six books, including Sacred Stride, which releases today Join us for this conversation on rest and how rest invites us to more fully choose our life and our work. If you find yourself in a space where the blueprint you've been given no longer works, or you're trying to name and create a flourishing life, this conversation is for you. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Justin. Ladies and gentlemen, today from Concord, California, this thoughtful artist, author, coach, speaker, songwriter. I am so grateful for our guest today. His voice and story and posture and way with words, I think his curiosity has been so helpful and inspiring to me, and I know that it will be to you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, would you give it up for <laughs> Justin McRobert? Oh, no, no, it's, it's very good. <laughs> Justin, man, I'm, I'm so thrilled you're here today. I, I want to get right into it. You've written yeah. several books, some people might know you. I My first uh, introduction to you was through Young Life Stuff, and yep. then I got your book, I think, 40 Days on Prayer, you and Scott's yeah. project together. Yep. And and now I'm reading your book that will release today, May 30th. And I'm thinking about I mean, who you are. Sure. The person that you are. Justin, would you share with us the things that make you tick, the things that make you who you are?
1: Yeah. At the root of things, I mean, this is kind of, you know, this is part of what the book gets to at the root of things. I am a beloved one of gods. That's the core of my identity. In other words, my, you know, the next phase of the question, here, like I'll get into things that like, I like things that like set me on fire, things that uh, I prefer, things I do. All of that uh, is either an expression of, or practice of identity. Identity Mm. is, is, given to us identity is not is and this is my take identity is not just this uh this passive or static truth or thing uh about me identity is a thing that the that, uh, that i'm i'm given by the world around me um i i believe who i am rather than i just rather than just i am who i am in other words for me in in many, many years of work and in the practice of rest, what I come to is that I am beloved of God's. That is the core of my identity.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: I can hold on to something like, I do write books. So this is actually my, this will be my sixth book. I did, uh, there's a book called CMYK, The Process of Life Together. Then there was a book quite literally called Title Pending because I'm crap with titles <laughs> and I could not come up with a title. Uh, and then there was the book Prayer that I did with Scott Erickson. And then we followed up with a book called "May It Be So," and then there was mm-hmm. another book called um, uh, "It Is What You Make of It," and this is called "Sacred Strides." I like mm-hmm. writing books. If I lost my capability to write, either that, either because like emotionally, like I just and we, you know, you and I both know cats are like. They come to this place with like something they've been loving doing forever they like, just can't anymore like they don't mm-hmm. want to get on the court and shoot anymore mm-hmm. they don't want to be on the pulpit preach anymore like something they were like deeply identified to they can't do anymore if it went away from me uh I would be sad it would, that mm-hmm. would blow me out <laughs> but I would not be less of who I am because who I am is beloved and I would find and develop and practice other ways of being who I am So Mm. I write books, uh, I tell stories, I do a lot of How I Met You, which is like, I'll go places and help other folks, usually in storytelling. Uh, I think you and I connected at A Young Life, well, kind of connected. I was here, and you were in LA, and there was like a a conference thing, like Mm -hmm. a training conference. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm. I run a podcast. I've got two kids, my son. Is twelve. He'll be thirteen in not too long. Actually, thirteen in June five. Uh, so he's coming up. Uh, my daughter just turned six. Um, I love that. That's probably my favorite thing
0: mm. uh,
1: in life is being a dad. Uh, but that's those are the those are the things that I do and things that I practice and things that really that really do make me click. I like yeah. helping people. Uh, I like being a dad. I yeah. like playing music with my son. Uh, <laughs> but at the core well. of all things, I am beloved. Uh, by God.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love the part in your new book, uh, Sacred Strides, where you talk about the recording session with Asa and you being able to, Asa or Asa? It's Asa. Asa. Yeah. Uh, For you to be able to reclaim a moment and rename and create this, uh, a moment that you had as a child where you you this opportunity for affirmation and validation and to propel yeah. you into belovedness yeah. and, and that didn 't happen because the person who could give it to you was incapable of giving it to you in that moment. And for you to yeah. have that moment with your son and for you yeah. to do that, I thought was so beautiful. Justin, yeah. I want to go back to something because for me, many of the circles that I get to do my work and we'll talk a little bit more about, yeah, you're freaking helpful. I just got off the, <laughs> the phone with my coach and cool. Um, and, and I talked to him about, you know, we, we had talked before about the shit sandwich of your job, Yep. And for me, I had these different ideas swirling around like, okay, I need to do my shit sandwich. I need to eat that and continue to do my work. Yeah, Your framework, I thought, was more helpful of like job and work. But yep. back to what I was trying to say about in my work, I'm usually talking with people who are coming out of kind of deconstructing their evangelical kind of roots. They're still enamored, um, imaginative, connected mm. to God and the divine – Except it was so constrictive that they had to break out of that. It yes. didn't validate their. It didn't affirm who they were as yeah. LGBTQIA plus. It didn't affirm who sure. they were as a person of color. It didn't affirm who they were as a woman. Yep. For whatever reason, they find themselves in this place where they have to re- rename and start to uh-huh. um, hold things differently. The way that you boldly communicate about God and belovedness, I'm sure, is a reflection of your journey. But for you to say, like, my identity is rooted in me being beloved, that feels really bold and also really um, faith-filled to me. Like, I wouldn't start a a sentence saying that. I love the book, and I love the way you use that. That's a base foundational framework. Can you share with me? Yep about your journey to that and yeah. why you hold on to it so tightly
1: the short the short answer is uh, uh, and then I'll get I'll, I'll do the real short answer and then I will unpack a bunch of shit at the same time Come on uh, so one um I had like we all do and we have to it's called a false self journey <laughs> I had associated myself my, the core of my identity with the things that I do uh, like i I identify with my work, I identify with my religious culture, etc, and when when things stopped working, when things broke, when the things I counted on to be true in a certain way, and we can talk about truth in a minute Come on. Uh, were no longer true in the same way, mm-hmm. I had to had to. I was faced with the choice then yeah, of I on. can just be pissed, angry, sad, and it's t- there's time for that. There's time to be pissed and angry and sad. Give it a minute. Uh, but what my soul was pissed and angry and sad about wasn't just that these things are broken. It was because I felt lost and I needed to have a sense. It was like, so who am I then? So the sense of like who are mm. you? I'm beloved of gods. That's that's what I'm saying. You can't take that from me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what my soul really wants. It's why, it's why we grieve the things we lose when we lose them is because I didn't think that was going to go away. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to ever change. I didn't think that was – I thought this was going to be home forever. Mm. The, reason I, the reason I grieve that is because that's what my soul wants. I want to have a place. I want to have a sense of rootedness. Mm. A sense of place in my soul and in my world that this never goes away. I want to have an anchor that doesn't move. That's what mm. my soul wants. There isn't a person on the planet who doesn't live that place. It takes it really does because it's all that's all cute and con- and conceptual. It's a freaking hallmark card mm-hmm. until <laughs> until everything I really am counting on, like my cultural identity my, uh, you know, my geographical identity, my successes, etc. until all of that shit goes away that I was counting on. I don't really mean it when I say what, like, I don't really mean it that like, I just want to know that I'm loved by God. It's a hallmark card. It's a, it's a thought, it's a concept. And then suddenly all the stuff I was associating myself with is gone and I don't trust it. Then I have to, and this is the true self journey, I have to let go of what I, what I thought truth was. I have to let go of what I thought, of who I thought I was, and instead of building something for myself uh, so that I could belong to it, I have to actually open myself up to what actual deep-rooted belonging is and receive it, which is, a, that is an adult posture uh, it's it's not an adolescent posture. Adolescent, you know, adolescent maturity does not receive things. We build things, and that's fine. But in our adult maturity, we open our hands, and we receive what is actually there. We have to, though, go through the doorway of disappointment to get there, mm. which comes around to this: when we talk about, you know, the you know disappointments, frustrations with, uh, with our <laughs> institutional homes. Mm. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're a queer kid. Growing up around church, like you're going to be an ill fit for in most church. Not most, well, in a lot of church situations. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: If you're a woman, depending on your religious setting, it's likely you'll you'll be ill fit. Those things are true and real, and, and and those are also good journeys. And there's there's a flip side of that too. But for a lot of us, what ends up happening is we just we we outgrow. The thing that was good for us for a time. In other words, <laughs> the restrictions, the um, this the, what seems like the overbearing overbearing kind of parental, uh, you know, framework of our religious upbringing. Most of us don't like to admit this, but y'all needed that
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a time, mm-hmm. and so it's not always that this thing was broken and stupid and corrupt. It's that mm-hmm. it was useful for a time and that we just were trying to use it in the same way in a different season and that doesn't work anymore. For some of us, mm. this was never gonna work. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some of us, it worked exactly the way, the way it was supposed to and we just weren't emotionally prepared or culturally informed enough that when that season ended that we could let go of it as it was and say, thank you. Thanks for being what you were. It's time to move on to what's next. Mm. Uh, we have to move through that door of, of disappointment, frustration in order to mature though, mm-hmm. at some point.
0: I, I think a couple of things that stand out to me as, as noteworthy to kind of like re, um, state is, uh, what I hear many times from many spiritual leaders, leaders in general, thought leaders, even uh, just sure. kidding, I think is about the reality that, there's no uh there's no teacher like conflict you're naming disappointment and yep. when when your belief system cannot meet the demands of the moment you're in mm-hmm. f- because you're watching people who look like you continue to be killed by people who are supposed to protect you or vowed yep. to protect you because y- your your family can't seem to reckon with the reality of your identity for whatever yep. reason there there is no there's not like a happy way to do that mm-hmm. and I, I think what what i'm getting at is that we're one of the most fertile invitations to maturity will many times be disappointment yes you it will be the coming to the end of yourself so to speak i'm, I'm thinking about the prodigal son now luke 15 yep. the reality of like coming to the end of where where you can make sense of the thing, or the the yeah. old ways of making sense of a thing—they they they're exhausted. They cannot meet this moment, and now, yeah. you know, now we need to evolve and create. And to be honest, to me that the, the end of ourselves and the end of our ways of making meaning is the beginning of faith.
1: Well, and, and it's that's usually the end start. of our it's usually the end of our ideas. Uh, mm. uh, it's more it's more often and, and this is just a small bit of pushback it's like it's usually the end of our ideas or ideologies um so that we can enter into more of our whole selves so it's very rarely like mm-hmm. the end of myself it's yes, that this is where i thought th- this is where i thought i was
0: right this is right, where right. i thought i
1: ended so mm-hmm. the 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 book we referenced a little bit before um <laughs> that i'm not pitching right now uh, <sighs> this is why i'm bad at selling shit is because i just like just, I i'm going to talk about this other thing yeah. um is so in in the book uh it is what you make of it oh, so i nice. tell the story about my son uh buying a he bought a lego kit and we got the lego kit in the mail waited for a rainy day started putting the rainy the the, the lego kit together and and discovered that we didn't have all the blocks necessary. So it's supposed to be seventy four blocks in the box. There were seventy two. Apparently, that happens. Um, and <laughs> what we and he was he was bummed. I was bummed. And, and the way I read in the book is, is, you know, he took he took a minute. He got up, went got himself a water, sat in the window, and like watched the rain for a minute. Um, and and then I I followed suit because I, uh, I and I learned in that moment if I don't give grief and anger and disappointment, their moment, they will steal it from somewhere else.
0: Mm.
1: Once mm-hmm. I've done that, and my, my head is clear, because you know, bro, it's like, I get jammed up in something, and if I don't, if I'm just like, I'm not gonna be pissed about this, and I fight that off, I'm like, oh, I'm not that upset. <laughs> like, that just hangs out. And then I get brain fog for weeks, because mm. I'm actually I'm actually jammed up. I actually do have some stuff I wanna say to the world, to the people around me, to God, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. about, what, about how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. That stuff just kind of gets locked in here until I get it out. So mm-hmm. giving grief, disappointment, anger, their moment so that it doesn't steal from, steal from something else mm-hmm. allows me to then in the next moment say, okay, this is how I thought it was gonna work. It's not gonna work that way. So what can I do now? And mm-hmm. you just pinned it that the, the next question is almost never, okay, so how do I do it right? The next question, cause that was the first question. Mm, the first question mm-hmm. is how I do this right. It comes with a design. Ooh, I was supposed ahead, to man. work like this mm-hmm. and I, I, I can't do it the way it's supposed to work. So the next question Sheesh. isn't how do I do it right? The next question is what is in me mm-hmm. and how do I want to do this? Yes, what, what can I intention? make?
0: Mm-hmm. Which is the,
1: hor- the, the, the heart of that book. It's like, it is what you make of it. Yes, we came, We came to culturally in the United States, more so than most places in the world, we came to uh, the end of and and it is what it is era, where uh, whether it was financial institutions, whether it was religious institutions, like most of our most of our m- most of our, our our cultural dependencies, like through through the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and then through uh, the shutdowns around, around COVID, we had this stretch of time in which pretty much everything came into question. Like all of this stuff that I thought was supposed to work yeah. a certain way does not. And on the other side of that season, which we're just now beginning, the question is no longer how, to, how is it supposed to work? The mm-hmm. question is mm-hmm. how do we want this to work and that's why mm-hmm. it feels so frightening and weird right now it's why it feels so muddy It's because it's not that there aren't answers it's just those answers are actually in here they're mm-hmm. in my guts
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a question of will and it's mm-hmm. a question of love and it's mm-hmm. a question of creative expression rather than a question of rightness and correctness we're Done with that phase of things. Mm-hmm. And we will be done with that phase of things for a very long time. There is no how do we make the justice system work to so it works correctly. No, no, no. That's not the question we're being asked culturally. We're being asked, what do you actually want? Mm. And the confrontation in culture right now between between different persons is not a matter of how this is it supposed to work. We're being exposed to one another about this is actually what you want. And I hate what you want.
0: Mm. And what you that's want
1: that's the moment we're actually in.
0: Yeah, what you want can be hateful towards me. Yep. And, w- and what works for you may not work for me. Yeah, and, and, that's a,
1: and it's, a, it's, a relational, it's a relational question. It's a creativity question. It's a matter of like, it, again, this is part of what was exposed mostly through the Black Lives Matter movement with regards to the justice system and economic systems is these were expressions of will. These, were not, these weren't like monoliths that were downloaded from on high. That The American justice system was developed as a matter of will. People who were in power said, This is how I want this to work. And mm. so they built things that seemed like they were rooted in the, the fundamental realities of life, but they weren't. They're were expressions of white male will.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So
1: that now works ex- now it's exposed. This is just what you wanted. Mm. We get to collectively start asking that question: like, what did it, what is it that you want? <laughs> so that we can get to what we do want. Maybe mm-hmm. and maybe. <laughs> maybe come to some sort of loving consensus Mm. enough to build something that's actually more equitable and more beautiful i don't we'll see i have no idea
0: (laughs) justin i i want to pause us and then i'm going to intentionally move us towards your book so that you can market this incredible i i I just didn't want to put it down it's so freaking good but one thing that i thought you said that was really important in the framework of like Justice system, big old things out there, right? Yeah. Okay, this is how it's supposed to work. This is the blueprint. This is what it means to for it to work right. And this is, part, again, like you've already mentioned about, no, this thing, it is working right. It's always been designed to suppress people of color. We'll say, yes. d- quote, unquote, justice system. Yes. Uh, or the uh, industrial prison complex or all, all these things that, that are large systemic Things that are designed, they're doing exactly what they're designed to do. 100%. But I want to pull it down to like what came up for me when you're saying that is like in our relationships and what we're watching in many marriages around us. We always heard that like 50% of marriages fail or 60% of marriages fail and all this kind of stuff. There comes a point where we get to name the kind of relationship that we intend to live in. And what happens for many people coming from religious context, you are always told how it's supposed to work. And then it just doesn't hold up. And you have to then recalibrate and be creative about, okay, what do we want for our partnership? And that's really hard when you've always been told what it's supposed to look like. Well, one of you is supposed to stay home and do all this. The other person is supposed to go out there and do all that. And then you're both supposed to be really excited and happy about all the demands of child rearing, all the demands of adulthood, yep. all the demands of what it means to like partner together and to mm-hmm. have uh, unique individual desires and and passions and purposes, and and I think that many times we're unprepared for the moment of recalibrating and yep. naming and being creative in our relationships. But yes. it's um, it's it's this moment where. We get to name what we want, and it is okay and it doesn't have to measure up to all the things out there for other people and We're starting to see much more nuanced kinds of relationships around us yes and and it's because people are being courageous to name they're doing that work to name
1: and what, they and they have space to to figure that out I mean one of the one of the correct one of the real obstacles to uh, I would say the dominant obstacle to figuring out or discovering, like how how do I really want my life to work, um, is that I don't actually have the space. I'm moving from I'm 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 so often and so quickly moving from this obligation to this obligation yeah. to this obligation to this obligation.
0: Yeah. Demand from demand that, to demand that I don't
1: and and that's and multi layered here and like that's yeah. the way in general the way the, the way the world works around me. It's also the trap I've set for myself. That's the life I built.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm moving so quickly from obligation, to obligation. I don't have actual space to pay attention to my own soul. It's why it, it's why the practice of rest is as vital as it is. And it's part of the way I try to f- frame it in the book this mm. way is rest. Isn't, uh, at its core as a practice, rest isn't about like how awful and hard life is and we need to get away from it. That's Mm -hmm. called vacation and it almost never really works. (laughs) Rest is a practice by and in which I actually get to appreciate first and foremost, the actual goodness of the life I've been living up to this point. Mm -hmm. I get to look back and say, this was actually good. And I get to discern if that's what's good Here's, here's the stuff that isn't that great. And then I get to start to imagine and plan, how do I really want this to work? What I did is now is hmm. it's a religious practice called the, uh, called the examine. and, and it, it, ta- it, rec- it, it, it necessitates having the space and time to let my life catch up with me, which is the practice of rest so that I can appreciate what, I've, what I have and what I've had up till now. I can understand the difference between that and the stuff that's actually bugging me and actually stealing life from me. Because for most of us, it's not your whole life. For most of us, it's not the whole job. For most of us, it's not all of your relationships. It's probably a few things. You just don't have enough space to identify. Like it's actually like like these two friends. It's -hmm. not all my relationships are, Mm -hmm. or it's actually this aspect of your job. It's not like this whole job is crap. No, no, no. You just Mm -hmm. don't have the space. So you just, who just blanket shit on everything mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. until we have the space to say it's actually this versus this and then have the space to imagine and plan what is it, do, I, do what is it that i really want to do what do i really need rest redeems and clarifies the goodness of life including the goodness of work that's actually the heart of rest rather than it is a respite from how awful the world is and how hard it is to keep working
0: Hmm. Justin you know when you you mentioned that I think you do some defining in your book Uh, and I think when you say that to celebrate work I think many people would have your idea of job in their mind when you say work would you help us understand your definition of work your definition of job as it relates to how we can examine and yep. take account of where we're at and what it means to rest.
1: Totally. I, I'm going to actually read it directly from the book because right when you mentioned it, I was like, I'm going to, I like, I like the way I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. So it's really good. So yeah. my, my work, work. So uh, uh, we'll start off by saying that work and job are, they're overlapping things, but they're, but they're different things. It's like siblings versus sisters or siblings versus brothers. Like mm. they're, they're similar. They're in the same ballpark, but you really need to know the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. So my work, this is the way I read the book, is the active embodied expression of my love in and for the world around me. More deeply than that, my work is the shape of divine love in and through my life. That's my
0: work. Mm. My
1: work is an expression of love. How do I love the world around me as best as I possibly can? That is the work of my life. And the context of that is where my job comes in. My job is something I do that pays for food and housing and clothing so that I can, theoretically, do my work. For some of us, um, blessedly, there's more of an overlap between my work and my job. That my job uh, is, is, a, is a kind of a closer representation of what I would call my work. So if I want mm-hmm. to, like, I, the, like this morning, I had a coaching session, uh, with uh, with some folks, I've got a coaching session right after this, I'm promoting a book that I just uh, that I just put together and I'm publishing. These things are like this is this is really the best of me. and I've taken the time over the last quite literally quarter century, 25 years mm. uh, to build a life around like the core work of my life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For
1: others of us, that's not even really the goal. Uh, that like they don't want y- y- again you and i both know cats who like they love music that's actually their thing they want to make beautiful experimental like incredible music mm-hmm. but they don't want to get money involved with it cuz it cuz it'll jack with their souls Tarnish and, and so and, yeah. and exactly so they so they're like dude i like i i work at wherever i've got this management job and i work mm-hmm. at i work an 8 to 4 and I do that and it pays for my life. And I love those people and it's cool, but I really do that so that I can pay for my house and pay for food and like support my family and so that I can do the work of my life. And that mm-hmm. there's no, there, and here we go again about will, not, neither one of those is better than the other. It's like, how does, how is your soul shaped? If your soul is not shaped in such a way like, like the core work of your life and how you make your money can live in the same house, then bro, don't do that because you will be mm. miserable, miserable. Again, yeah. you and I both know cats who are like, they're, they are in the sales, you know, the, sort of in, in a sales posture with their art and they're, 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 they're
0: miserable. Like yeah. bro,
1: get out. Get out of there. Go get a part-time job. Yeah.
0: Divide it. The tension that it puts on. Yeah. The, the so weight y- that, that your life has put now on your oh, work. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: So a job is what pays for your life. Your work is, is from the roots of your soul, how you best want to love the world around you, specifically the people you want to care for. That's mm. the primary difference.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, when I was reading your book, I, I started to, I, I, I think about this book, The Power of Full Engagement. I don't know if you've ever read it. No, check it out. It talks about um, energy management, not time management, is really mm. the key to living a full life and the way that you talk about the push and pull of work and rest. It reminded me a lot of this energy management of like, no, you stress is good. Stress is good for your body. It's good for your mind to be pushed to its limits and then to pull back and not have to push anymore. It's good to work really hard for 90 minutes and then to pull back for 15 minutes and catch your breath and take a walk and get some sunshine. And I really felt like that, that sense of like, push and pull and work in that expression of love and divine expression of love through you and job and the ways that you can create stability for your family and then rest in the ways that you can reflect and then for me you know when you talk about creating space i'm thinking about the ways that when we actually rest we can create clarity in our lives yes because it's in those moments where we detach from the demand demand Obligation, obligation, obligation—to just like hear, and sometimes yep. within ourselves we can sense like, "Oh, that thing—I don't, I don't need that thing anymore." Yep. Or the 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 amount of pressure that we're just kind of like cycling through. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes you can just become aware, you can awaken to something within yourself. It can be a really small truth, like, "Hey, some vegetables could be really helpful in your diet here, buddy," or <laughs> mix you know, it a salad, homie. Yeah, maybe yeah. we don't need so much of this. This what's what's really the trade off we have here? Like are yeah. talking about a thousand bucks for I don't know a thousand hours worth of work and a thousand hours worth of stress. Like yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, um, and and even to say that is you know is is a privilege because many people don't get those choices around us. But to 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 live the god kind of life life to the full yep. which you talk about a little bit is a jesus invitation to creativity and to listening yep. to your life's work and listening to And that's to the your ball game soul. right there
1: is paying attention to and learning and relearning myself one of the things i get into a little bit in the book and i tell my my coaching clients all the time i tell people all the time is you you are worth you are worth learning mm. as a person yeah. You're worth knowing as a person. So treat yourself that way. And insofar as we know this about, <laughs> we talk about you know most marriages ending, um, some of some of why that is, some of why that is. Uh, it's not just that you know marriage is hard and all that kind of stuff. That's just a cheap way to say it. It's like you know folks will say you're not who I thought you were. Mm. Like you get to mm-hmm. a point in a relationship. This happens institutionally on the grand scale. Mm. Yeah, uh, as happens interpersonally sometimes that's not really the case sometimes they were exactly who you they you thought they were when you met correct and then yeah. they changed mm-hmm. and what you stopped doing was learning this person because like I'll be 50 at the end of this year there are things about me that are true ish uh <laughs> that were true when I was 22 23 25. But if you expect me at 50 to be the person you met when I was 23, you're going to hate me because I'm not that person anymore.
0: Mm.
1: Your job, if you're in a relationship with me, the, this is the job, is to learn me over and over and over again. We also need to reapproach our own souls that same way. You are not the same person you were. And so some of what you might be experiencing in that sense of tension isn't like, isn't just, isn't just sadness, isn't just disappointment, that sadness and disappointment are pointing to these growth curves in your own soul. So again, do you have space and time in your life to pay attention to yourself again, to say, okay, who, I, wh- what's actually going on in me? Cause I'm feeling like I used to love this job. I used mm. to really like these relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what's actually going on in me? And then to take the time to actually learn myself again so that I can know how to live my life. One of my favorite moments in the last uh I'm gonna ha- have a basketball analogy here. And I'm really sorry because of what happened to Lake Show recently, but um <laughs> it was rough, bro. It was real rough. I didn't oh, see bro. that coming. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. But um, but um Steph Curry, uh greatest point guard to ever play basketball, on the court with um um with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches uh, Ever in basketball, and this is part of why is because he goes to Steph mid game. I think it was. I think it was game. Might have been game five, game four or five against the Kings, Sacramento Kings. And he says to him, he goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest you off and on, so that you can, uh, so that you know you can be fresh in the fourth. He those are not exactly his words. I'm gonna rest you off and on. So that you can be fresh in the fourth quarter. What makes Steve Kerr a great coach in that moment is he's looking at Steph, he's watching him play. He knows what it looks like for Steph to be playing tired, and he knows how long how how long does Steph need to be on the bench in order to get back in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: have to know. I have to know myself like that if I want to live that full life.
0: Mm.
1: If I want to live that full life, and because that's that's Kerr's job is like, how do I get the best out of Steph Curry? for the fourth quarter so that we can you know, finish this series off. Mm-hmm. If I wanna live the full life, I have to know myself the way Kerr knows Steph. It's like, this is what it looks like right now. We're gonna rest you for a little bit so that you can be present. Most of us just don't have the time or the love for ourselves to learn ourselves in the next season and then the next season and the next season. So that that rhythm and that tension between work and rest is an invitation to know and love yourself so that you can live more fully.
0: Yeah. You know, I think when you're, as you're saying that, I think for me, one of the things that happens too is, uh, you talked about worth and in your book, you talk about utility and the ways that so much around us is telling us like you are worth as much as you can produce. What can you be producing? How quickly, how efficient, how much, and utility is this major thing. But I think worth is a huge part of where I think we're missing that. But then I, I also think beyond self love i think there's just tools and capacity and it's not like quite self awareness it feels like for many of us as we're on the the race this goes back to the the values kind of driving our life yeah it it until you and you might have a misinterpretation of what is working so yep. because let's say money is a is a major let's just pretend that money matters just <laughs> so money is this major um, uh, gravitational pull for how you make decisions yep and if money is good then you never really you know you you can't you you're not going to call into question yourself like i'm tired great but the money is good I don't know if I'm if I'm making sense here, but if how I'm evaluating my worth or my work or like me is the money and the money doesn't shift, but my body is ragged or yep. my, my mind is not fully there, I'm not feeling fully alive when I'm with my friend, I'm with my partner, uh, I'm not getting as many Saturday, Fridays with my people because mm-hmm. I'm at the office and I have these projects or it, whatever, right? Yep. Or I'm losing my identity into whatever other thing as a parent. And now my, my yep. full focus is now like now I'm measuring my my worth and love based on these little human beings and how well they are. I just yep. think there's even beyond just the self-love and the time component, there's also these ways that we might be measuring differently. Yes,
1: So one, so, so three thoughts. One is this is part of why it's so important to live, live with a sense of rhythm and seasons. So, because there are seasons when like, you should be putting in 80 hours on that thing. Mm -hmm. You should absolutely should. It's like, that's not every season. So I don't want to, I don't want to do the thing where it's like, you got to find, you got to find some balance in your life, period. I'm like, ah, no, don't please don't try to find balance because there's going to be a season in your life where there's this project, a creative project, industrial project, cultural project. Like you want to put it 80, 90 hours a week for a season. That's what you want to do. And you're not going to see your friends. And your girlfriend, your boyfriend is going to be like, damn, where are you? I'm like, I, sorry, I got to work. Uh, and that's going to, be the, that's going to be the best thing for your soul at the time for a season. And then that season will change. Uh, and then you again, you relearn yourself, okay,, what is this season about? what's 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 the invitation of this season? So that's one. The other part of when it comes to utility, you, and just like you said about money, it's not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. not the best thing. Mm. So again, the way I write it in the book is you know, uh, while being useful can be a beautiful characteristic in a healthy relationship, personal or institutional. Being only or even primarily useful yeah. can erode and distract a soul much like the experience (laughs) and expense of fast food becomes a tasty distraction from healthy eating. It can feel really, really good to be useful for a while, but it's not what I was created to be. So Mm -hmm. usefulness is like, when I show up, and and here's the, that's the second thought, and then I got to the third thought here in a second. When I show up in a space, um, I, for the most part, I I, want to be useful. It's part of why I'm there. Mm -hmm. I want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a good thing to be, It's not the core of my identity though, and that allows, if I allow myself to become useful, I do this, I submit my identity and my worth to the agenda of whatever institution, whatever power I'm trying to be useful to. That's highly problematic, because most of these cats, and this comes to the third thought, most of these cats do not have your best interests in mind. Mm. So when it comes to the practice practice and understanding of utility, here's a really sad, disappointing truth. That's also really freeing. Mm-hmm. No one likes the idea of being in transactional relationships where it's about mm-hmm. it's about what we give to one another and your worth and the worth of this and the worth and value of this relationship is predicated on what I'm getting for you and what you're getting from me. Mm-hmm. No one likes that idea. Y'all, here's the deal. That's most of the relationships you have. It's most of the relationships you will ever have. Because you can and you, you you can uh, only ever be truly in love with loved by and love a pretty short list of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The model of Christ, there were you know the, there was the seventy two folks who were around him a whole bunch. Then there were the masses around him some, and then he really had these twelve cats that he spent his life with. Mm-hmm. And even within those twelve cats, there was really two. Mm. like his his the the core of Jesus' relationships like his core social structure was really really small most of the rest of his relationships were transactional and they were predicated on utility and because he knew that he was loved by the father he could let those relationships be what they were utility is a metric by which we we evaluate the usefulness uh, the, uh, the, the goodness and the value of our relationships And it's true of a lot of us. it's true of most of our relationships. In order to do that healthily, because that's the way the world works, I have to know at the core of my being that that's not who I am. And that's got to come from a place of actually being rooted in God who values me regardless of all things. It allows me to be useful because most folks want me to just be useful.
0: Mm. You know, when you say that, (laughs) most folks want to be useful, to me, it takes me back into the world of scripture where law is useful and uh, people are useful and there's a certain way again this is very similar to what we were talking about about there is a blueprint for how things are the right way to do things then there becomes a time where we need to name the way we want things to be well enter ancient near east world there's this people who have been a nomadic tribe and they've encounter God and this God is different from those gods. Those gods would demand you sacrifice your children. This God would never ask you to do that. You may have interpreted that, but no, 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 that's not what I want from you. And the other Mm -hmm. gods would say, like, if somebody touches your wife, you should destroy their whole family line. Well, this guy will say, well, no, 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 there's, there's a, there's a, if it, if someone takes your eye, well, it might be just for them to not have an eye for a moment while God is forming a people. Anyway, Mm -hmm. all the way to this now new Testament, where Jesus, God made flesh, is walking the the streets, and now again there is a blueprint for how things are supposed to be: the Torah, the the law, and the prophets. And people keep saying like, "This is the way it's supposed to be." And Jesus might be saying, "I, I know you've heard it said that you should that it's an eye for an eye, but I'm telling you, anger you should you should that you should not murder." I know you've heard it said that I'm telling you to even call someone out of the name, to even imagine them less than the image of God-bearers that they are is yep. not the way to experience life to the full. And he's yep. starting to remind us of something new. Well, what happens in, chap- in Mark, there's this moment, and you mentioned in your book, I want to read it and see what you feel about it in, in, in the midst of our conversation, in the context of this conversation. I'll be reading from the First Nations version. Cool. Um, we're here in Mark chapter 2. And the section we're reading starts in verse 23. Mm -hmm. It says, On a day of resting, Creator sets free, Jesus, and his followers were walking through a field of grain. The men were hungry, so as they walked, they plucked some grain to eat. When the separated ones, the Pharisees, saw what they were doing, they said to him, Why do your followers do what is not permitted on the day of resting? And Jesus answered them, have you not heard about the time long ago when the great chief, much loved one, David, was hungry? How he and his followers went into creator's ceremonial lodge and when father of plenty, Abiathar, was the chief holy man and they ate the ceremonial bread Only the holy men are permitted to eat that bread. Jesus looked at them. Human beings were not made for the day of resting. Hmm. Instead, the day of resting was made for human beings. So then the true human being is chief over the day of resting. That's Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. First Nations version, you've written a little bit about this in your book, what comes up for you now in the midst of our conversation and within the context of what you've already kind of processed through your book?
1: Yeah, I mean, the 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 heart of God, um, as best I understand and can tell, uh, <laughs> is not to establish uh, a law um, and, uh, and a way, um, a structure, Uh, The heart of God, as best I can tell, is to form uh, people um, into the likeness of God, not for the sake of just like selfish self-celebration, but so that they would most fully inhabit the lives they're living to love and be loved. The heart of God is to shape people, to shape hearts, uh, to shape human cultures, so that we would love one another and be loved by one another. So law in general is um, is a practice. It's not an end to itself. The intention this is part of what Jesus gets at is like listen that's not not true. I mean the Sabbath is a, it is a commandment. this is, I mean it's bonkers uh, it's a commandment. It's like the first three commandments are like don't like don't use my name, I'm holy, don't make anything like me. Uh, you know, and then the the first commandment that has anything to do with our actual behaviors is the Sabbath. Take, it comes before killing people, <laughs> which is mm. just the, before before murder. Take a day off. Wow. Interesting. Um, and while there's something in that order, I think there's something also to um, it, it's also something to, to kind of maybe the altitude at which we approach something like the Sabbath. We don't practice Sabbath for the most part. That's just a sentence unto itself. For the most (laughs) part, we don't practice Sabbath. But the reason we don't practice Sabbath is because we don't think it would be good for us to take 52 days a year off the calendar. That's what we think. Mm -hmm. We don't think it would be good for us. We think it would be better for us. Uh, The Sabbath isn't there to steal our joy from work. The Sabbath is there because it is a a better way to live with a rhythm of rest. It's just simply a better way to live so mm-hmm. this is the shape of humanity in this in the same way that murder <laughs> isn't wrong just in some like cosmic moral code you quite literally steal another person's life and you steal their presence from the lives of the people around them like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not just like murders wrong because murders wrong no, no no murder is wrong because you are stealing life from someone you're stealing lives from their loved ones you are diminishing human life in the same and in, in, in the same with all of the commandments diminish human the experience of life, the experience the, the, they diminish the value of human life. This commandment, like all of the commandments and like all the laws, are intended to, at least for a time and in a way, to, to protect and deform our psychologies, our souls, and our societies so that we would live more fully. That's always the case. It's always been the case. And it will always be the case. God is not more interested in the law uh, than He is in who we are as we are trying to practice the law in the same way that God is not more interested in your in the things you achieve than He is in who you are as you're trying to achieve them. You are always, I mean we talk you know it's a super cheap evangelical history stuff like mm-hmm. the, the apple of God's eye. You're the thing that God's actually interested in. You are mm-hmm. what God is actually doing. you're what God is most concerned about. You are actually what the thing is about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All of this stuff, in some way, shape or form is for your betterment, for your shaping, so that you could live more wholly, more fully, more completely, and more loved.
0: All of it. Mm. I um That's so good. I, I'm I'm just imagining I think I'm thinking about personality types. Hmm. I'm thinking about the ways that certain personalities <laughs> like my own. I can okay. be much more, you know, I'm much more like, ah, rule schmools, you know. You know, typical young life leader. Uh um, you rule schmools. Let's go, you know. I, I think that there are some personalities where it's like, no, 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 that, that structure gives me clarity. That, yes. that structure the 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 blueprint has always created peace for me. And so to yep. upend the blueprint or to say what was once true is now still true but it looks differently can be Mm -hmm. really hard yes to adjust to so back to that like the people when we talk about marriage the people who you said this 20 years ago Mm -hmm. now you're saying that like for some people that's that's it's just i want to say insurmountably but i don't believe that's true but it is extraordinarily disorienting yes for what was once to be true Now to be differently true or less true or not true. Yep. Um, What would you say to those people as they are making their way towards that better reality? Uh, Give grief and
1: disappointment and anger
0: its time. Mm.
1: And as you do, um, don't commit to staying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is again this is the moment we're in culturally is a lot of us are disappointed a lot of us really disappointed a lot of us are disillusioned uh, a lot of us are angry sad like this is the moment we're in Pay it, just i mean no no one's going to question this like just hop on twitter uh everyone's ticked uh everyone's disappointed everyone's frustrated um Give this get have like this is a moment, uh, rec- and give this give this moment its moment, mm. and know that this is a moment in the in the context of a much grander history that you are experiencing, and that there will be a time after this. So the pr- the first thing is like let yourself be disappointed, mm-hmm. and as you're disappointed, don't just pay attention to your disappointment. And don't just attach your disappointment to the failures of the institutions, the people and the histories that leave you feeling that way. Follow the thread. If you are not, if if you are bummed out that it's not this way, how how is it that you want it to be? Because that's what your soul is actually saying. What your soul is, what your soul is, is not only saying is like, that sucked. That's part of what your soul is saying, but it sucked because it's not is really the rest of the sentence. So Mm -hmm. what is it that your soul is saying? The practice of rest gives us space to pay attention to our disappointments, our frustrations, and our angers so that we can follow the thread to the roots of our desires so that we can look into tomorrow and have hope. We talk about vision a whole lot. Vision is never, ever a matter of this is how it's gonna be tomorrow, I know, so let's plan for it. Vision is always, this is what I know to be true and I can plan from this for a better future. That's what Mm -hmm. vision is. Mm -hmm. Vision begins with knowing where I actually am, knowing how I actually feel, knowing what I actually want and then planning to build into the future. Mm -hmm. This is a moment in culture in which we, for the most part in the United States, in religious cultures and a few beyond, really do lack vision. We are chock full of critique we are chock full of analysis. Uh, we, are, we are chock full of energy, most of it negative. We lack vision. And we lack vision because we do want to have the space to follow our own disappointments or angers or frustrations mm. to the roots of our souls to see what, it is, what, what is it you're really wanting? What do you want to build and with whom?
0: Mm. Mm. That's really good. Justin, for you, what does it look like personally? Yeah. What does rest look like for you?
1: Um, it looks like uh, taking 52 days a year off the calendar, full days, um, immediately. Like I know every year there will be 52 days out of the 365 I get that I will not apply myself to work. Uh, so it's a, it is predominantly uh, a, a chosen practice and a discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the 40,000 foot. Um, right now in this season, um, I, I, there are books that I will read on the Sabbath that are just my like Sabbath books. Cause I, uh, as a reader, I love to like be in a book and like read it until I'm done reading as opposed to like, I've got 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there are books that I'm going to give myself to a uh, give, and give to myself on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, like I said before, I've got a th- almost 13 year old kid and a six year old daughter. They will not always be 12, 13 and six. At some mm-hmm. point they will be older and they won't want to spend as much time around me. So on the Sabbath, not like I don't spend time with my kids on other days, but on the Sabbath day, if we have family, if we got like family time, if I get kid time, I don't have to put a cap on that. Mm-hmm. So like I'm with the kids doing what we're doing until we're done. Uh, that's a deeply restful thing. That's not work for me. That's I get to be with my kids having fun until we're done. I get outside because uh, being in nature restores <laughs> my soul to the rhythms of the world as, as it was created. Uh, and also, just I'm ADHD, and so being indoors leaves me feeling all jittery. <laughs> uh, I get outdoors. Um, those are those are m- like predominant practices. Like if there's a book I want to read, I give myself a truckload of time to read it. When I'm with my kids, I don't have to cut that off, and I'm gonna get outside. That's what the practice looks like now. the The last season, it looks it looked pretty different. I didn't do any reading because uh, reading for a long time was just associated with my work life, mm-hmm. and I couldn't read without like somehow like my brain shifting. Like, what are we gonna do with this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not the posture I want to be in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, I, I guess I was I was doing some outside stuff then, but it was more like 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 long form exercise stuff and i'm doing less of that now um so it just it changes i'm paying attention to myself so that i know in this season like what does it look like for me to actually like actually rest and right now that's what it looks like
0: Mm -hmm. i really appreciate you sharing that again you're you're embodying what it means to as you have said love yourself to take yourself seriously Mm-hmm. To study yourself, to 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 make that a job of yours, to understand what will give me rest in this moment, yep. what what uniquely can I do in this season that I may not be able to do in the next season, which is when you, when you talk about cherishing your time with your children, man, I. I so appreciate who you are. It's funny. I, for me, one of my practices is a daily kind of meditation practice. But I, I just recently, maybe a couple of weeks ago, said like, Oh, I, I can't read certain kinds of books in this time. Like this time isn't about that. And this time is about these kinds of books that inspire me in this way. This is not where I Love read it. the my DEI books or it's yes. like no no no. That that it just it um again, <laughs> this is the same way that that word of like it intrudes into this space. The space isn't for that. Yeah, That's more job and work than it is um, totally. refreshing and inspiring, breathing life into who I am. Yep. And the reason I say that is because your book, The Sacred Strides, it has felt like that inspiration. It's the hmm. mix of work and job. Because I had to prepare yeah. for this conversation, but I'm loving every moment of cool. you drooling on people's shoes and your story with your father, <laughs> and just the incredible storyteller that you are. Justin, I'm so grateful for your time today that you would Absolutely, join us. Man. Justin, how would you want people to get connected to you? Sure.
1: Um, so, I mean, if you, you can always visit the website, it's an okay website. It's not great. Um, <laughs> it's a launching place into places I am more regularly. So I post to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook every single day, something shows up. So it's a, if you want to be in the rhythm with me, um, you can get the book anywhere you want to get the book. Uh, my favorite bookstore in the country is, is a bookstore called hearts and minds. If you go to hearts and bookseller's name is Byron. If you order from him, I would love that as a personal mm. favor. If you're more just a regular book person, you're like, I just I like to click and have it show up at my house in forty five minutes, I get that. I totally. So the books at Amazon and Barnes and everywhere else. Um, but Instagram is a great place to connect with me because I'm there every day, spend a little more time there than most of my other social spaces.
0: Awesome. Well, Justin, I- I'm grateful for your time. And I think for those of us who are on this journey, you can follow his podcast, get back into some of these other books if you're more creative, you want to see art. Um uh, it is so. What is that word? The, the pictures in the poems. So it is. Would,
1: so. Oh, oh. So there's there's the may book called so. Prayer, and then May mm-hmm. it be so is the follow up to that.
0: Yeah, May it be so. There's lots of different options, but as you can hear, Justin is inviting us to rest, to take our lives seriously, to know ourselves, to love ourselves, mm-hmm. to uh, respond to our own self worth, to move from some of that right and wrong blueprint to man the creativity of what i intend for my life justin we're really grateful that you're here for those of you listening this is our invitation may you know you are loved you are loved you are worth resting you're so much more than productivity and your utility you are loved and we are family much love y'all peace